Hey, coming up, guys, we have stories about divorce drama, in-law drama, misbehaving children. Of course, we have cake stories. And yes, we have Shark Week stories here. Stay tuned because these stories have teeth. and dive in on our very first story. This is a follower submission and this one is, am I the astronaut for not wanting to make homemade mashed potatoes? I, 30 female, am recently unemployed and moved in with my fiance, 32 male. We've been together four years and our relationship has been pretty tumultuous, but we are trying to work things out. My fiance supported me leaving my extremely toxic job and said he can support the both of us financially, but expressed we will need to budget and make some sacrifices. Now on to the issue. I bought two large containers of pre-made mashed potatoes for another dish and only used one container, so I was debating what to do with the leftovers and decided to make shepherd's pie. I let my fiance know of my plan for this dinner days in advance and he was okay with it. Fast forward to the day I'm supposed to make shepherd's pie, my fiance was pressing me for the ingredients of the mashed potatoes and wanted to know if there was dairy in them. We're both lactose intolerant. I replied, I think there's only butter, but when I checked there was also milk. I told him, I think it's fine, we just need to take our lactose pills with dinner maybe. He freaks out on me saying he doesn't want to get sick. Meanwhile, I'm confused because we will eat a little bit of dairy all the time. I pointed out to him how he will eat cheese all the time. We just ate out and he got a creamy cheesy pasta and ate the whole thing. He'll eat mozzarella and a pasta salad and eat pizza, so I wasn't sure what the problem was. And I told him I didn't want to waste the food in the fridge and I wanted to make use of it. He insisted on me making homemade mashed potatoes and mentioned how homemade tastes better anyways, and I told him that's fine, but I don't understand what the big deal is. He went on to say how hurtful it is that I'm not thinking of him and it's not like I don't have the time to do it. I'm staying home and he can't afford to get sick because he's working. He's a specialty doctor in training. I'm honestly really confused. I told him I can't keep up with his lactose selectivity and it's making it hard for me to plan dinner. I just didn't want to waste food when we are on a budget. Am I the asshole? Interesting. Either there's a deeper issue here where it's like just this one thing is all of a sudden important, but it's the connection to the statement where he's like, it's not like you don't have the time. Uh, that might have been a brozo thing to say here. And if that is the logic behind what he's saying, then he's being an asshole about it. He's being an asshole about you staying home. Now, the other side of that is that there, there are times where people with food sensitivities are on a, a more sensitive kind of stint. There are times where that sensitivity is more flared up. And during that time, they can be like, man, I just, I can't risk it right now. It's not an in general thing. It's a right now because I'm having a flare up or whatever it is. And then if it's an increased sensitivity, I feel like he would have said that. I feel like it would have been like, look right now because we just ate out and because I just risked it there, I can't, I just can't do it again. The other side of this is that if OP is ready to make this one way and if hubby is like, no, I really want you to do it this way, he should be willing to assist in my opinion. It's the whole, it's not like you don't have the time for it thing that feels like a dig and it makes it feel like it's not about the mashed potatoes. Now, the question is, am I the asshole for not wanting to make homemade mashed potatoes? And this question is a feeling. And we've talked about it before. You can't be an asshole for feeling something. If it were, am I the asshole for refusing to make homemade mashed potatoes? That would be a different thing. That would be acting on a feeling for not wanting to make the mashed potatoes and feeling that way. NTA. 
Depending on what you do with it here, you could be an asshole. You could just be like, hell no, I'm not doing it. It's stupid. Or you could be like, dive into the situation a little bit more and say, what's the specific reason here? Are you having a flare up? Why specifically right now is this not okay? And you dug into it a little bit there. I think looking for more explanation, ask him to jump in and help. If he wants it that bad, he should be willing to jump in and do something to assist with it here. But for generally not wanting to do it, I, I get it. And the dig about the, it's not like you don't have the time is, is what sucks to me. That makes it feel like he was more of an asshole in this situation. She had two large containers of pre-made mashed potatoes for another dish and only used one container. So he ate these before, right? Yeah, so he just had them. The only thing that I feel like could make his actions justifiable here is if he said, look, I'm having a flare-up. I'm extra sensitive right now. I just can't risk it at this moment. That's not what he said. Instead, he chose to say, it's not like you don't have the time. He chose to be the asshole in this case. That's where I'm at. It's NTA. He chose to be petty about it. I would dig into it a little bit more. I've never made home made mashed potatoes disclaimer i assume it's a hell of a lot more work involved than making the pre-made ones that she got here so is it worth the time investment and he has to understand what the difference in the time investment is and again if he wants it bad enough he's got to be willing to help in some way We got another follower submission here. This one is, am I the astronaut for waiting a year to get a divorce? My female 29 husband, male 28, and I were high school sweethearts. We started dating our senior year. While I was stupid and did something he considered cheating, doesn't matter what it was, he was right, the summer after graduation. This was 11 years ago and he told me he moved past it years ago. We've been married three and a half years now with two kids. A few days ago, he told me he's still bothered by it. It's important to note I haven't done anything besides that that could be considered cheating by either of us. He acts like any criticism is a shot at his manhood. If he can't fix something and I can, he takes it as a shot at his manhood. He doesn't keep his cool in a stressful situation, but I can. His family didn't teach him how to do basic repairs, but mine taught me. My father was also a blue-collar worker, and his father was a white-collar worker and didn't do his own home repairs as much. When we need help with a repair, I go to my dad, not his, and husband thinks it makes him look weak. I've been trying for years to help build his confidence up, but he gets mad and calls it patronizing. His father wasn't around much due to work working in another state and his mother is explosive and easy to set off on a good day, so I get why he has issues. He was going to therapy and it did seem to help, but when we moved, he stopped going and always finds an excuse not to find a new therapist. He wants to give it a year and see if our relationship improves. I have no faith that it will. I love him and I want what's best for him, but if he isn't working on himself, he won't work on us. So am I the asshole for waiting a year knowing I'm still going to want a divorce just so I can get my own finances figured out before the divorce? Ah! It's messy. It's just, it's messy. Divorce is just a messy, messy subject. Question is, am I the asshole for waiting a year to get a divorce? In my mind here, yes, he's obviously having a lot of me issues. And when he was going to therapy, it was better. He's dealing with self-confidence issues right now. It's not an uncommon thing for a guy to go through or anybody to go through, but him specifically feeling emasculated whenever she can do more hands-on home repair stuff than he can. My gut is like, who cares, man? The environment that he was raised in stressed allocating your time to what you're good at. So his dad focused on working at his job, and I'm sure they outsourced the things that he wasn't good at. And that's 
totally fine. She was raised in the opposite environment where it was a we fix our own kind of thing. They just were brought up differently. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability to learn how to do these things. You can start learning at any time. There are YouTube videos to fix everything now. And yeah, you better believe that the majority of us use those to figure out how to fix things. And you don't know how to fix it until you try the first time. So the big problem here is his lack of initiative in getting started in therapy again. And for that, I think the geography should be the barrier here. There are plenty of online resources now. BetterHelp is an online one. I think having an online relationship with a therapist that he can talk to is a really smart thing to do because then it's geography isn't an issue. Like travel isn't an issue at all. It is always right here. That is a really good idea for him to do. This now comes into question as like, how much do you love him? Do you love him enough to encourage him down this path where he actually seeks help and becomes a healthier, better person? It's more complicated because you have kids involved now. Can you nudge him in that direction? And if the the roles were reversed here. If you were really struggling with something and didn't have the initiative to start solving it on your own, would you want him to be nudging you that direction and helping you? Or would you want just left alone? It's complicated. You guys have been married for three and a half years. You have two kids now. It's complicated with the kids involved. If for no other reason, helping nurture him to a more stable place so he can be a better dad for your kids is a really good idea, even if it doesn't keep you together. But I think taking that as a first step at least gives you some hope. And if you're going to wait a year anyway, why not? If you're going to wait a year anyway, why wouldn't you try? See if it's possible. See if there's some kind of glimmer of hope in this. If there is there a light at the end of the tunnel? If you're going to wait a year, you have nothing to lose by trying to nurture him along to getting help. And the geography part of it, I think, is BS because there are things out there like better help, online resources. She needs to be very clear with him and be like, look, let's take a year and just get everything straightened out. But this is just done. Of course, that creates a lame duck situation where things are awkward and it's going to be weird for a bit. But I still stand by if you're going to wait a year, no matter what, why not? The worst thing that can happen is that you piss him off, but he's already pissed off. But I do think because you can have kids together for your kids, trying to get him to a more stable point is going to benefit them as well. Now it's about doing the right thing for them. <laughs> This one is, am I the astronaut for telling my husband that his parents are not welcome to stay with us when our baby is born? Sorry, this is going to be a bit long, but I want to paint the whole picture. Let me start with my in-laws' first three visits to our home. Their first visit was less than two weeks after our daughter was born. I didn't want them there being first-time parents, but my husband talked me into it. This being their first grandchild, they were excited to meet her. My father-in-law had been in and out of the hospital and had almost passed away. I didn't think traveling 2,000 miles from home was smart. When they arrived, he immediately became medically non-compliant. This became a stress on everyone. We harped on him to get back on track. For someone who has had three second chances at life, he sure is ungrateful. I caught father-in-law eating all the ice cream out of the containers instead of getting a bowl. I went to the cabinet and got him a bowl. I then said, oh wait, your germs are already in it. One of my favorite bottles of whiskey disappeared. Father-in-law had drank three quarters of a bottle. When he went to replace it, he couldn't because it was out of season. He told me I shouldn't be drinking while breastfeeding anyways. I was furious by this point. Father-in-law has a nasty habit of being up all night. This became a huge problem for me. I would get up at night and head to the living room to feed because the recliner was far more comfortable than the wooden rocking chair. I now couldn't do this because father-in-law was down there with the TV blaring. I still believe the stress and discomfort he caused is the reason I didn't produce. I celebrated when they left. They were there three weeks. Visit number two was my daughter 
daughter's first birthday. I was already stressed getting everything ready. Father-in-law once again became medically non-compliant, and yes, it did land him in the ER later on their visit. Father-in-law ate my daughter's smash cake. Wait, what? The father-in-law ate the smash cake. That deserves this. Furious doesn't even describe what I was. I told my husband that if he didn't say anything, I was going to and they would be on the street. He continued drinking any alcohol he could get his hands on, and I mean any and all alcohol. Father-in-law continued to stay up all hours of the night. He woke my daughter up every night. This created a habit for her. Father-in-law then couldn't understand why I was so cranky and tired. Did I mention that my daughter wanted nothing to do with my father-in-law? They stayed two weeks that time. It took me months to break my daughter's habit and get her to sleep through the night. My daughter ended up in the hospital for a week. They wanted to come stay and help. I told my husband I would pack my daughter and I up to stay at my dad's. They did not come. Visit three was during what was supposed to be a relaxing two weeks off. They just decided to come. I was furious. We had plans to take just a couple little trips with our daughter and they were canceled. They didn't even ask what we had going on. They arrived and you guessed it, father-in-law was immediately medically non-compliant. He ended up in the ER this visit too. Father-in-law drank two bottles of whiskey while he was here. This does not include the wine he drank daily. It wasn't his whiskey either. After about four days of them being here, my daughter began ignoring and avoiding my father-in-law. As soon as I would lay my daughter down for a nap or for bed, father-in-law was immediately making noise and waking her up. Even after he was told STFU several times throughout the stay, he still continued. My daughter didn't nap at all one day. She was a bear. Dinner time came around. I got her started eating and she was doing well. Then my father-in-law decided to talk to her. She was so upset I had to stop making my plate and tend to her. While I was calming her down, father-in-law took my plate that I had started making for myself. My husband chewed him out. Not once did he apologize. Father-in-law would get up in the morning, eat breakfast, and then go sleep on the couch. My poor daughter was stuck in her room to play or out in the 100-degree weather. While they were here, it was confirmed that I was 10 weeks pregnant, now 16 weeks pregnant. We decided to let our daughter give them an ultrasound picture to announce it. Mother-in-law was thrilled. First mention of mother-in-law here. Father-in-law was just concerned with how many more kids we were going to have. After that, I began taking my daughter and disappearing upstairs with her. I got to the point where I didn't want her around him. They finally left after two and a half weeks. I told my husband we needed to talk about their visit. He said yes, it was a long couple of weeks. I agreed and told him they can't stay here when the baby comes. My daughter will be adjusting to sharing mom and dad. We will be adjusting to a new routine. I also brought up where am I supposed to go to feed in the middle of the night. I told him I realize they are his parents and I am not denying them the right to meet their grandchild. We just cannot have father-in-law here being disrespectful. Other accommodations need to be arranged. My husband was not happy, but I think he understood. So am I the a-hole? No. NTA. 100%. And the original question up here was, am I the astronaut for telling my husband that his parents are not welcome to stay with us when our baby is born? NTA. 100%. And also, I would go as far to say, your parents aren't allowed to stay here, period. Every single time has been an absolute shite show. He's disrespectful. It is not good for the kids. At what point, OP, is your husband going to start making the right decision for his kids? That's what really bothers me here is that, yes, I understand that it's his parents, but when you have a family, that becomes your first priority, not accommodating your elderly 
overly drunk father. You know what I mean? Like, especially if that visit not just has a negative effect on your wife, but has a negative effect on your children. Hell no. How is this even an option anymore? How is he upset at them not being able to stay there? Are you saying no to that? How is it that that he's upset about here? His priorities are jacked. And tell him that. Be like, look, what is the right decision for the kids? And why wouldn't he have put a stop to this in the first place? It's his job to put a stop to this because they're his parents. You having to speak up about it at all is messed up. They're his parents. I get him wanting to see them, but letting his father-in-law cause damage to his family is unacceptable. And it's happened multiple times now. He needs to step up, do the right thing for his family, and put a stop to it. They need to be staying in a hotel or something. They cannot come to your house, cause all of this destruction, and then just disappear while you spend months trying to clean up the mess and pick up the pieces and get routines back in order. Is unacceptable, and he needs to understand that. Do what's right for the family, man. The hotel room doesn't have free booze. It doesn't have a place where he can go just take food that someone else was making for themselves. You guys can meet them out for dinner one night and do stuff with them during the day, but don't let them come back to your place. Don't. It's already caused enough pain. How much pain is enough? Maybe it's because he knows his dad is getting older and he feels like he has limited time left. But look, his dad is just making dumbass choices here and being disrespectful at every turn. He doesn't have respect for anybody, not even himself. So why are you willing to let that much damage happen? Am I the astronaut for cussing a guy out after he chummed the water we were diving in to attract sharks? Bro. A group of mates and I go out fishing slash diving a few times a year. There are four core mates, but usually a couple extras tag along as well. Michael, male 27, one of the four's mates, male 24, Darren, was finally allowed to come after a mishap happened to us because he was casting like a loon last time he was allowed to come. I voted against it, but everyone else was fine to give him a second chance, so he got an invite. We went to a southern coast to do some snorkeling and spearfishing. The spot is known for sharks, but Michael had been there a few times before before and swore by it and we trust him. We all hopped into the boat and went out to the spot but Darren decided against diving and wanted to stay on the boat and fish so we said go for gold and the rest of us jumped in. I was actually relieved by this because I did not trust him with a spear gun. <laughs> okay, uh, that deserves one of these. We'd been in the water for about five to ten minutes when I noticed a red color in the water. My heart sank thinking the worst, and my dive partner and I immediately went to surface and look around. We started swimming for the boat and noticed a commotion which in my mind confirmed my fears, but when I climbed on, the others were on board and looked fine. I was still panicked and asked about the blood in the water and whose it was. That's when Michael told us that Darren effing chummed the water with some blended up mullet to attract sharks to catch. I went the F off. I honestly can't remember what I said exactly, but it was along the lines of him being the dumbest person to ever be shat into this planet. Darren tried explaining that he wanted to catch something big to impress us since he was still feeling insecure about last time, but I said not good enough. You risked our lives to boost your ego. How can I trust someone like that to be around? He went home early, shortly after we got back to shore, and the rest of us said good riddance, but Michael brought up that he didn't mean to put us in harm's way and that he just wanted to fit in. I personally don't feel like an asshole, but it's true that he didn't have any bad intentions. I also know that I'm biased as I already had a low opinion of Darren going into this, so I thought I'd hand the judgment over to Reddit. Am I the ass cannot for yelling at a guy for attracting sharks to the water we were diving in? Edit, 
First few commenters are saying he had bad intentions, but I'm sure he wasn't actually trying to put us in harm's way, just couldn't put two and two together. He's an absolute moron, but he's not evil. Okay, so this this is a brozo thing, right? And like OP says here, it wasn't malicious, it wasn't evil, he's just an idiot. And that's the problem. The question was, am I the astronaut for cussing a guy out after he chummed the water we were diving in to attract sharks? No, not the asshole. Because somebody's gotta, gotta make sure that this guy knows that that's not a good thing to do. And he was doing it to try to impress you guys so he could catch something. But how do you not think like, hey, I probably shouldn't chum waters that people are swimming in. I probably shouldn't try to get sharks in a frenzy whenever I have people in my group in the water. And if you're dealing with things on an adventure like this, where like last time he was casting like a loon um, and had some kind of accident, right? This time he decided, thankfully, not to get in the water with a spear gun. And OP was thankful for that because it doesn't trust him with it. But instead, he ends up chumming the water to attract sharks while they're down there diving. No. And again, like OP says, he's just he's just dumb. Like, but that's a trust thing. You got to understand, even if you're the person who does the dumb things, you have to understand that people aren't going to trust you. In multiple cases here, it's been with their lives. No, not the asshole. It's your life, dude. You're allowed to react for that. This is Am I the Astronaut for not wanting to invite my mom's sister to my wedding. My husband and I got married sometime this year. My mom's sister, let's call her Sophie, and I had a fallout the year prior to me getting married. I decided to apologize for my end of things, and she never apologized for her wrongdoing. When I announced my engagement, my family was happy, and she had her things to say, which I and everyone else ignored. She doesn't like my husband. When I was going to send out the invites, I asked if my mom's sister and significant other were going to be invited as well. My husband and I didn't want them there for obvious reasons, and they weren't in the list that we had made, but to keep the peace in the family, I felt obligated to have them there. As I was planning my wedding, she would ask if I needed help, who was going to be the people standing by my side, and tried to appoint herself as my maiden of honor. We'll go ahead and give some red flags for that. I quickly shut her down and told her that I had already chosen the people that would be standing with me and I had already given them their proposal gift. Oh, sorry. She started to cry and threw the, I had to come out in my wedding. Why am I not a part of yours? I decided to walk away, but reminded her of her fallout. Weeks later, I had my dress appointment. My maid of honor, bridesmaids, and mother were there. Out of nowhere, she shows up and she sits with all of us and starts trash talking the dresses I had chosen. She started with, well, that doesn't fit your figure. Why are you trying to show off so much cleavage. Why, white? You're not a virgin. OMG, that's so simple. I would have gone with something better. Well, what's your budget? I had $2,000 for my dress. I asked her nicely to stop and that this was my wedding and I never asked her to be there in the first place. The day came when I had to send out the invitations and I hesitated in sending hers. I had also gotten a call from a family confirming my order for the cake and asked if everything looked correct. I noticed everything had been different and I asked my husband if he had done the changes. I had asked my family person who made the changes and they said Sophie did. I got so mad I called my mother to deal with her sister and I corrected my order back to the simple thing my husband and I wanted. Wait a second, so she called and changed the cake too? Why? 
Why is this gal just like, you know what? Every single detail that has been set for this wedding, I'm going to change it all. A week after the invites got sent out, I got a call from my grandparents asking if I had invited her since she had stated that she had not gotten her invite and the wedding was coming up. I had told my grandparents everything she did. Obviously, they weren't happy, but asked to please still send her the invite. What? No. No. No, no. No, no, no. I sent it out a week before the wedding, hoping she wouldn't make it. No. No, OP. You still invited her. No. <clears throat> Here's something that makes sense. This person, everything that they have attempted to be involved with, everything they have interjected themselves into, they have intentionally taken over and tried to screw into the ground. Why? Why would you want that person there on the day of your wedding? It's like inviting a tornado to a trailer park right there. This is just imminent destruction. Why? Fast forward to the wedding day, she was rude to my in-laws and close friends. I had to apologize on her behalf and was told that she had been bashing on the venue and how everything had been decorated and that it was too hot to be sitting outside. Till this day, I have not spoken to her regarding my wedding, but am I the asshole for not wanting her there on the happiest day of my life? Again, the question here is, am I the astronaut for not wanting her there? And that's a feeling. You can't be an asshole for feeling something. You can't be an asshole for acting on that feeling or not acting on that feeling. I feel like in this case, I mean, no, you're NTA for not wanting her there, but you still let her be there. And this is why I'm confused. Like how, how did this happen? How did it happen? every single thing that Sophie was a part of, she tried to ruin. Like, not just was difficult to deal with, not was just an abrasive personality, actively tried to screw into the ground. Why on earth would you risk having this person there on your wedding day? OP's here? Emmy, why the risk? Was it because of the family pressure and that was it? You honestly didn't think she would go. Okay. I may challenge you a little bit on that assumption because she wasn't even invited to the dress fitting and she showed up to that. So something she was invited to, you're damn well sure she's going to show up. If there's a group of people there, there's a chance to, to try to put the spotlight onto herself and try to ruin someone else's happiness. It feels like this person would take that and would do it just so she can go try to bash as many things as possible. And who knows what the driving factor behind that is, why she is the way that she is or why she does that. But on your day, you get to decide who's going to be there. And I feel like if you could go back in time, you probably would choose for her to not be there. Because if you hadn't invited her, like you didn't invite her to the dress fitting, she might have showed up anyway. But then she would have had more ammo to be pissed off about because she wasn't invited. So then it would be the security issue. Uh, Amy says she's always been placed on a pedestal by everyone. Uh, do you think that's because they actually think more of her or do you think that's because they don't want to deal with her bullshit is it easier to just pacify her is she one of those people that just gets pacified by the family and if she was going to show up without an invitation anyway unless you had like a security or someone at the door to make sure that they prevented people who weren't invited from getting in then yet yeah, she probably would have busted in Amy there you go it's so they don't have to deal with her they put her on a pedestal let her get away with anything she wants to because dealing with the aftermath of not not letting her is tougher. That sucks. And your family has done you dirty here and done her dirty too by letting her think that all of this is okay. But you are absolutely not the asshole for not wanting her there. I'm shocked that you still sent the invite. But now that we talk it through, I understand it more. If you hadn't invited her, she would have shown up anyway. So at least when you send her an invite, maybe she shows up, maybe she doesn't. But if she does, she can't be pissed off about not being invited, right? But I have a feeling that because this person is pacified by the entire family, so they don't have to deal with her bullshit, 
she probably hitched a ride with someone else, right? If you've got someone who's been placed on a pedestal and pacified because no one wants to deal with the bullshit and the aftermath of them not getting their way, if someone else has something positive and good happening in their life, they probably are going to try to shit on it in every single way possible because they're not getting it. And because they are the way that they are and they've been treated the way that they've been treated by the family, they think that's okay. They think if anybody else is getting anything, anybody else is experiencing happiness, anything else has something that they don't have, it's okay to try to ruin it. And that's garbage. It's garbage. And I would try to have that conversation with your family or the other option is there to create distance and communicate to your family that you're not letting this person be a part of your happiness because they just try to ruin it actively. But yeah, uh, baby shower, when your kid comes along, that's going to be a problem. This is not the end of this. This is the beginning of this. And you have to decide right now how firmly you want this boundary to be. This is a follower submission and it is Am I the Astronaut for having my daughter serve Karen cake off the floor. I, 38 female, have been having issues with one of the moms from my daughter's cheer squad for years now. My daughter and Karen's daughter are the same age and have participated in school cheer and competitive cheer on the same teams for the last five years. And for the last five years, Karen has been getting under my skin. Karen is the kind of mom who is reliving her teenage years through her daughter. She wears the same clothes as her daughter, listens to the same music as her daughter, gets entirely too involved in her daughter's activities and sticks her nose in everyone else's business. She's not a coach or an assistant to to any of the cheer teams, but takes it upon herself to delegate tasks and responsibilities to the other cheer moms and to the girls, bossing everyone around. She always has something negative to say about all the girls. Their hair is not right. Their timing was off. They weren't smiling or loud enough. Always something. And she has a lot to say about the other cheer moms as well. She has made it quite clear that we are all to be held to a standard and are not to show up to a competition without our hair and makeup done. Ugh. I and the other moms have tried before to tell Karen to back off, but it's never made a difference. The problem is that her daughter is a really nice girl and all the other girls like her quite a lot. So to be friends with her daughter, you kind of just have to accept Karen too. A few weeks ago, we had a few of the girls over one afternoon to celebrate my daughter's birthday. They swam in the pool and we made cake. Of course, Karen's daughter was invited. Karen was not, but guess who showed up anyways in her swimmy suit and sunnies? Karen invited herself to hang out with me and our girls all afternoon. Oh, joy. I wanted to tell her to go home, but knowing Karen and the drama that would ensue, should I do so, I bit my tongue and allowed her to stay. So she plopped herself down at the pool and proceeded to order me around at my own home, mind you, demanding snacks and drink refills, changes to the music, extra sunscreen, her hat, etc. as if I were her personal assistant. The one time she did bother to get up, she went to the restroom and returned with a whole bucket full of critiques about my house and the hallway and the bathroom decor. Then she did it. She crossed the line. She recommended a cleaning lady. That, that's it. That, that's it. Game over, Karen. Game over. Now, my house isn't spotless. I have four kids, but it is pretty dang clean considering that. And before I even had a chance to respond, Karen called out to my daughter who was minding her own business in the pool and said, Wouldn't you feel better having your friends over if your house was cleaned by a professional? I couldn't believe this woman. I was 
fuming. I couldn't even speak. I just turned around silently and headed to the kitchen to serve the cake, and Karen went back to her lounge chair. As I was cutting and plating the birthday cake, my daughter is too old and much too cool for the happy birthday song, so we opted to skip that and go straight to enjoying the cake, my daughter came in to check on the progress. I asked her to take a few of the plates out to the girls and return to grab the rest. She did, and just as she was coming back to get the second round, I fumbled and dropped a slice of cake on the floor. Man down! Man down! No cake left behind. Neither myself or my daughter moved to pick the cake off the floor. We both just stood there staring at it. When we looked up, our eyes met and I knew that she knew what I was thinking and that she was thinking the same thing. This wasn't the last slice of cake. There was no reason not to throw that piece of cake away, except... Without another thought, I grabbed the plate, shoveled the cake from the floor onto the plate, added a fork, and handed it to my daughter. For Karen, I said with a smile. My daughter grinned and hurried out the door to deliver the sweet revenge. Maybe the example I set for my daughter that day was not the best, but I'm not really the a-hole here, am I? I love the end of this. I love that it's uh, it's a, am I the a-hole for blah, blah, it is, but I'm not really the a-hole here, am I? No. No, she gets floor cake. She still gets cake. She's lucky that she got cake at all. I don't I'm an NTA here. You guys might disagree with me, but I'm an NTA here. Someone who comes into your home and says this kind of shit and is just this kind of person in general is lucky she didn't get kicked out. And you could have, but like you said here, OP, it's the, the, the madness that would have ensued after trying to tell her to leave would have been just crazy. So she opted to let her stay, but it was the cleaning lady comment. That's what did it. That's what pushed it over the edge. And it's not like they threw the cake on the floor and they said, hey, wait, I don't want to give Karen like a real good piece of cake. Let's make sure that we screw this piece of cake up real bad. No, it was a piece that had dropped by accident and they just chose at that moment to go ahead and serve it to her. She got her just desserts, right? Maybe it isn't everyone sucks here because it obviously it's not something that you should do. But in this case, it was so far as you look at the balance of shit that they had received from this woman. It is like not even a one percent in the direction of the kind of shit that she had thrown at them. So I'm NTA here. I get it. But I'm at an NTA here. Let me know what you guys think, though. <laughs> This one is not a follow-up submission. This one is, am I the astronaut for pre-gaming my wife's dinners? My wife and I are both 32. Since we got married and moved in together five months ago, my wife has simply not made nearly enough food for me. This is not a kind of situation where I'm constantly agitated at her for incompetence or anything like that. I would be more than happy to microwave a burrito. I would be more than happy to whip up a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I can't. My wife has, every single night of our marriage, done the same thing. She'll make me a tiny dinner. I'm talking like a Chinese chicken salad with 30 grams of chicken and 10 leaves of lettuce arranged fashionably with dressing. When I finish eating, I'm still hungry because for a 230-pound man who works a physical labor job, it's not enough. At first, I tried to openly communicate with her, but she always took it horribly. She would adopt a thousand-yard stare and then begin talking about how incompetent she is and how she can't even make her husband a proper dinner. I tried to calm her down with a, oh honey, that's not the case. I just eat too much. Or don't worry about it, I can make a bit more. 
I tried to be overwhelmingly positive. It never helped. She would always just get incredibly disappointed in herself, cry, and or take it out on me. Then she would make the same exact amount the following day. After the communication route failed, I tried to eat her dinners as is. It became hard to sleep at night due to hunger, and I lost seven pounds in the first month. Eventually, I figured out my own system. On my way home from work, I started swinging by a fast food restaurant and getting myself a burger. I would basically pregame her meals with some more calories. I figured it was a win-win, as what she doesn't know can't hurt her, and I could have my fill of food. I would eat on my way home, walk in the door, pick at the salad or quinoa or homemade mac and cheese she made, compliment her for her delicious cooking, and later dispose of the wrappers discreetly. Two days ago, I was on my way home and in line at a drive-thru. My mother-in-law was coming out of the restaurant. I don't know. She ran over and greeted me. I asked her in a humorous way not to tell her daughter where she saw me because she'd take it badly, and she agreed, but then she narked on me anyway. I got home to a furious wife who demanded details. When I provided the truth, she got extremely angry and looked legitimately hurt. I'm not good at handling confrontation, and I feel like I betrayed my wife in some way. Was I wrong here? So, what are your thoughts about the pre-gaming story here? I feel like he... Like, he communicated that to her. I didn't really get the blank stare part of it. I didn't, like, she just, like, checked out when he was trying to she tell her something. checked out and then started basically talking about, about herself. Like, um, Yeah, like, turned it into something about her whenever he was trying to talk to her about how he was feeling and, like, trying to communicate what he needed. I feel like if it was still bothering him, he should have spoke up again and be like, this is something we have to fix, and it's about me. It's not anything to do with you, but we have to fix this. Yeah, I love your food. I just need more of it. Yeah. But he did try to communicate that and agreed this is where it gets tough because if you try to communicate something and they just don't want to listen no matter how many times you try to communicate it you're not going to get through so what the hell then you know what he was doing he's obviously still concealing something so i don't know what to do in that case keep a stock of power bars in your center console no, I, I don't mean, know she needs to listen like if, if your significant other is telling you something that they physically need to support their body then you need to listen and make sure that if you're making dinner that you meet that need or tell him to make his own dinner which i'm sure he would because he could make enough for himself and also like what's with the mom like his mother-in-law narking on him well in one i wouldn't have even said anything i would have just been like hey how are you yeah like, well, don't don't throw yourself under just the bus picking up a sweet tea yeah <laughs> and then just gone about my then day they hand you the bag of food and you're like oh and uh and some extra napkins but she told the wife before he was even home the yeah. wife already knew about it and i'm like okay it isn't everybody sucks here because i mean he still concealed he still hid something from her yes he should have told her what he was doing and been like i, I have to yeah but he tried to talk to her about needing more food she checked out and then started with the self-effacing comments. Do you feel like she was trying to force him to lose weight? I, I wondered that when I read it. Somebody I know in the Reddit comments had said, I wonder if she suffers from some kind of eating disorder and projects that onto him. Like, yeah, um, and I, possible. I, I don't know much about that and like about how people feel with that. I should learn more about that. But I feel like she was trying to put him on a diet and wasn't communicating that it was very weird very weird story whether she's doing it intentionally or not she is gaslighting him because yes. whenever he tries to offer feedback she just immediately checks out and shuts just... down and makes it about completely about herself yeah. and not about what he's trying to say to her right i would be pissed there's got to be more to the story but either she's trying to force him into losing weight and just doesn't want to hear anything else about how he needs more or yes she has some kind of food disorder that she's just forcing onto him as well if he said hey look i'm getting a burger on the way home because i know i'm going to still be hungry after eating dinner 
Mm. I'm doing this so that after dinner, I'm not starving and I can actually enjoy dinner and explain it to her that way. At least she knows what's going on. He's not going to hide something that he's going to have to hide. And then he's not going to put himself mm. in the situation whenever mother-in-law is walking out and he gets busted uh, and then gets into even more trouble. So yeah, it isn't everybody sucks here. There is a, yes. a different way to do it. I feel like she sucks more though. Yeah. I'm surprised that he isn't more pissed off because if you're constantly hungry, you're very hangry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right, so this one is, am I the astronaut for playing baby shark for my seven-year-old until his room was clean? My seven-year-old hates... And I mean hates the song Baby Shark. Always has. And I've been after him for the last hour to get him to clean up his toys. So I decided that I would try to speed things along and play this song on repeat until his room was clean. I kid you not, the kid had his room spotless in like five minutes. It was great. He clearly didn't like it and I only played the song when he got distracted from cleaning. He would let out this big dramatic sigh and he'd start cleaning again, then I'd pause it. Now everything is picked up and he's got the song stuck in his head and he's singing it under his breath. And it's bothering his dad now. He said that if I have to use this technique, I should pick a less annoying song to play in the future. I kind of feel like a jackass now because while it worked, I don't want to subject my kid to some kind of weird audio torture. Am I the astronaut? Edit reviews are mixed, but I've decided to take my you're the asshole rating with good grace. I've apologized to my son, gave him a treat for cleaning his room, and now we're watching a goofy movie together. Next time, I will let him pick the song and we will have a fun race game to see how much he can clean while the song is playing. Thank you everyone for weighing in and I hope you are having a good Monday. Edit two. To clarify, I asked him for an hour to clean. He he didn't do it. That's when I started playing the song. I kept it paused while he was cleaning. I'd only play it when he slacked off. Overall, I think I played through the song one and a half times. Edit three. Yeah, never mind. I think I'm clearly not the asshole here, which I'm relieved about. Thank you everyone for taking time out to comment. I'm glad I was able to make some of you laugh. What? Okay, so thoughts here. Uh, Candy Thunder, it, it, this has her fired up because um, repetitive sounds really bother her like if you just like tap your hand tap a finger on a table more than 10 times it's gonna bother her uh it's it's like a sensory thing it, it just bothers her so so songs on repeat definite big deal i think the overall problem that i have here is that if you're using something that you know someone doesn't like as a form of torture you're the asshole even if you're using it as um as a negative reinforcement, right? You're using it as a tool to try to get them to do something productive, but it's a negative reinforcer. I think it's it's the message that you're sending here and the lesson that you're sending here is that uh, is that it's okay to cause pain as long as you're using it as a motivator to get something done. And I don't know that that's the message to send and for me it's not about the it's not about the song it's not about the repetitive noise it's about using something that you know that they hate as a punishment. For doing something that you need them to do. I think that is the asshole thing. Um, I mean, it, it would be like, my kid really hates Brussels sprouts, so I'm going to force them to eat Brussels sprouts when they don't clean their room. Same same approach here. It's like, that. that's not okay, right? It's not okay. There are consequences for our actions. And in this case, there are consequences for our actions, but consequences is not is not the lesson that was learned here. I think torture is the lesson that was learned here. And that's, that's something that it's, I don't think is a valuable lesson, but people parent in different ways.
Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.